0: Welcome to Cinematicon Ex Mortis, the horror movie discussion podcast hosted by Kenny and Heather. And uh, today we are not talking about a movie uh, because we've covered 10 more films. So this is going to be our second recap episode. Mm -hmm. So I hope you're all excited to hear us talk about the same movies that we already talked about (laughs) because... There's some stuff we forgot to say, actually. Um, Yeah. I've made some mental notes. I think Heather has made a few.
1: I've made one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Just, uh, you know, stuff that slipped out of our brains when we were talking about the thing. Or sometimes, I don't know, there's just sometimes so much to say about a movie that it can't all fit in.
1: It's alarming how, like, something so important you could just forget it while you're recording a podcast and later on you're like wait I, what like how did i forget to say that that was like the number one thing i wanted to talk about it's wild to me that that happens
0: yeah so we have each created three lists i created uh, two
1: lists because i i'm just not buying into your weird list
0: okay well <sighs> one of us has created three <laughs> lists and the other has your disappointed uh, sigh copped out on the third list Uh, i
1: don't it's eh,
0: which is which is fine let's start with the list that uh goes from favorite to least favorite of the 10 last movies that we've covered on this show
1: yeah do you want to go first i when i was making this list um I looked over the names of the movies and I'm like oh no like this is I feel like this was so much harder than the first list that we did for me
0: yeah no me too I, I feel like these movies are just really good across the board
1: they're super good so I was like With oh one my uh, notable exception that's right I think I know what it is <laughs> uh,
0: which will come in at number 10 on my favorite to least favorite list I'm going to go you know counting up to the the most favorite one it's number uh, 10 on so my list too number 10 on my list is the amityville horror
1: so you're going from worst to best
0: yeah okay i'm starting from the bottom going up to the top okay uh so number nine is creature from the black lagoon
1: hey uh.
0: number eight cat people
1: you, this is trash
0: <laughs> number seven evil dead the 2013 remake number six Lake Mungo number five The Shining number four It Follows number three Psycho number two Evil Dead 2 and number one the Evil Dead the original can't beat
1: Mm it your list is uh, garbage
0: okay well let's let's hear yours see if it's any better
1: if we all run out of toilet paper, we could just use your list.
0: Hmm. That hurts.
1: Does it? You did it on purpose. I feel like that was a personal attack.
0: I... Okay, well, I'm gonna have to hear your list before I know how to... <laughs> how to react to these things that she's saying. Maybe <clears throat> we're pretty similar. Maybe you're overreacting.
1: I... Me? Never. Number 10 for me is the Amityville Horror. Number nine is Evil Dead 2013. Number eight is The Evil Dead 1981. Number seven is It Follows. Number six is The Shining. Number five is Evil Dead 2. Number four is Lake Mungo. Number three is Psycho. Number two is Cat People. And number one is Creature from the Black Lagoon.
0: Okay. So there were some. No, I mean, there were some similarities. We both put Amityville Horror at number 10. And we both put Psycho at number three.
1: Oh, cool.
0: And there were a lot of others where we were pretty close. But yeah, as far as like the top. The top is like
1: is could be copy and pasted and put at the bottom of yours.
0: Yeah. Pretty yeah. Much. No. Yeah. Your, your top was my second to last and mm-hmm. yours. And yeah, and vice versa. So, um, but I, I don't think we base, I, I, don't, I don't,
1: we base our, our likes and dislikes on different things. So that's why.
0: Hmm. Well, uh, we have what different. Do you mean by that?
1: We have different taste in in movies. Like something that makes a great horror film to me is different than what makes a great horror film to you.
0: Yeah, although I wouldn't say any of these other than Amityville are not great horror films. Like mm-hmm. I think these are all really good. So yeah, it is there's true. There's not much distance between. I mean, I don't know. There's a good, there's some distance in terms of how much I personally like them, but I wouldn't say any of these are are bad except for amityville and even amityville i don't think is terrible
1: definitely seen worse
0: yeah so i guess creature from the black lagoon for me it's uh it's just a little too slow um the story is a little too basic for me to really get into it you know it's like i don't know it's kind of like you know how people complain that they keep like rebooting franchises and they always have to do the origin story as the first one and that's like the least interesting story like everybody's already we know how spider-man became spider we don't want to see him get bit by the spider again Mm -hmm. i kind of feel a little bit that way about creature from the black lagoon like it it, of course it needs to happen but i would be more interested to rewatch the second or the third one personally
1: Okay, well, your opinion is wrong, and <laughs> I guess I just have to forgive you and move on. I'm surprised that I had Lake Mungo so much higher than you.
0: Yeah, I was, sur- I was really surprised to hear Lake Mungo. It beat Evil Dead 2 for you, right?
1: Lake Mungo is a movie that, well, I watched it twice in, in the 24 hours that I, I rented it. And since watching it, it's grown on me so much. Like, the more I've thought about it, I've realized what an effect it's had on me. So it's, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it was kind of like a delayed reaction. At first I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I've just continued to think about it and, like, you know... Kind of taken it apart bit by bit in my brain and like i wonder what this meant and like why did they do this and like that was really interesting and different and i don't know it's just kind of like creeped into the corners of my brain and um really taken up a lot of space you know what i mean
0: yeah no it's um it's really good yeah uh, i think I, it is I really agree. great it's a, it's a grower mm-hmm. Um, and I really like horror movies that are like that. Like, um, I would say Hereditary is another one.
1: I haven't seen it.
0: Yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah, we'll we should. It, but...
1: We should do that.
0: Yeah. It's like, I like the ones where it's like, it's not about the jump scares. It's not so much that it's like a roller coaster ride. It's just more like, just creepy. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally. And, like you can't even really explain why it's so creepy. it just is, yeah, yeah, really like it, I think that's a i I feel like I'd like to go back and redo that episode that we we talked about it, like I feel like I would have so much more to say about about it now,
0: hmm, like well, I mean, this is your chance to, yeah,
1: you're right, um, get
0: it out. Because I don't think we will do that.
1: <laughs> no, probably not. Wouldn't really go over very well. Um. I I just, I have a lot of questions about it. And I want to know, you know, the stuff with like the psychiatrist or whatever. Who was it? They were, that the, the mom was, no, that the daughter was talking to.
0: He's like a hypnotherapist, I
1: guess. Hypnotherapist. Okay, that makes sense um so
0: that's how he knows about her dream mm
1: -hmm. yeah the dream that whole thing
0: but he's also kind of like uh you know woo woo kind of guy he's like saying he can talk to their daughter or something
1: yeah that's why i was like wait what is that dude (laughs) yeah he's his job description is confusing to me but yeah, I just, I wonder what they were trying to convey with the whole, like, there's, like, parallels. Like, the The daughter is describing a dream, right? And it's her mm-hmm. mom. It's, right?
0: I think the dream is that she walks back into her house and she walks over to her mom's bed and stands there and watches her. Mm-hmm. Which is the mom has the experience of seeing her daughter standing over her bed at night after she's died. So the dream is a premonition of Mm -hmm. what she will do in the afterlife, I guess.
1: I just think that that's so cool.
0: Yeah. It's, it's creepy. It's a, it's definitely a really creepy way of like, um, you know, reincorporating that element from earlier on in the movie. Like you yeah, realize I think... like, okay, she wasn't dreaming. She did see the daughter standing there because she was standing there.
1: I think that that's brilliant. And that's so unique and like I haven't seen anything like that before.
0: Yeah. It's just it kinda really reminds me special. of a movie I saw called uh a ghost story. Have you heard of that
1: mm-hmm. one? Uh Hum a few bars.
0: Um, it's not a horror movie. It's really? uh yeah, it's like an indie art film that's about a a guy who dies, and uh, then like he wakes up in the morgue and he's he's you know dead, a ghost, and he just like, like puts the sheet about... over yeah. his head and 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 so it's like a Charlie Brown ghost costume with the eye holes, <laughs> and uh, he just goes back into his house and just like hangs out and watches his girlfriend grieve and then move on with her life and then eventually she moves out of the house and he's just like he can't communicate with anyone and uh i don't know there's not a ton of dialogue uh, you kind
1: of told me about this before that sounds so depressing
0: yeah it's pretty sad
1: yeah i'm i'm gonna pass on that one there's enough of a bummer going on everywhere i don't have to make it worse by watching depressed ghost movies
0: yeah um so what's what's wrong with the evil dead
1: there's nothing wrong with the evil dead there's well, you just put it as do you the mean least. oh you mean the 2013 one? I
0: Oh. okay so we weren't as opposite as i thought yeah you put 2013 one at nine yeah and then the original at eight yes okay well still what what's what's going on with that
1: well you know you know out of the whole series of evil dead that not not counting the remake but the first one is my least favorite you've always known that i guess yeah so unfortunately there's just so many things on this list that i like more it's not that i hate it it's just that it's that thing again where it's just so difficult so many good things here like the thing is is that the creature from the black lagoon is my favorite horror movie So it's hard for anything to compete with that. And then Cat People was just such an amazing aesthetic. Um, I was all about it. And some really cool stuff, like um, directing-wise, in that movie Mm -hmm. I really liked. And I just really liked... I don't know the acting and and the story and i don't know just really liked it psycho is like kind of a perfect film um so yeah the competition was just too much it's yeah yeah
0: where did you put it It follows
1: it's at seven
0: yeah that seemed uh high to me given that I think when we watched it, you, you kind of didn't really like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite, but it is really scary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, e- even though it's not like my favorite movie, it's still, it, has, it had an effect on me, and I kind of have to give it credit for that.
0: Yeah. I put it up at number four on my list. Oh, well, yeah, uh,
1: we we know that you like it more than I do
0: yeah and that's one where i had something else i wanted to say which was just i don't think i talked enough about the music like we did talk about the music but i feel like this is the best horror score from the last 10 years and mm. you could go track by track and talk about the different musical themes and just how awesome all of them are you could do a whole podcast about the soundtrack i think um And I think we talked about how about the parts that are scary and that are like atonal um, Mm. in an interesting way when when you have like a jump scare. We talked about how it kind of like it gives you this feeling of like almost vertigo of like falling down into a pit or something. Um, Mm. That's how it makes me feel. But we didn't really talk about the uh, musicality of the score that it's not a bunch of as so many scores are and i don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with this but so many horror film scores are you know like you know scratching violins and just atonal you know uh kind of noise music right uh or just like a drone like a stuff like that to just like make you feel unsettled it it does make you feel unsettled but it's also just hauntingly beautiful uh you know the main theme is like so lush and vibrant and uh and so it's music that you would want to listen to even when you're not watching the film
1: yeah sure
0: so i felt like i didn't give that its due so there's there's that
1: well there you go
0: Okay, Uh, so I feel like we've defended ourselves there. Uh, Mm -hmm. So can we move on to scariest to least scary? Yes. Okay, and... This this uh, was
1: easier for me to do than the other one.
0: Okay, and I think I started last time, so you do it first.
1: Okay, do you want me to go from least scary to most scary? Yeah, yeah. Okay, number 10, I have Amityville Horror. Cause it's not good at anything number nine i have cat people number eight creature from the black lagoon number seven evil dead two number six psycho number five evil dead the original number four it follows number three evil dead the remake number two the shining and number one is lake mungo
0: okay um so i'll I'll give my list and then we can talk about it okay so for me number 10 creature from the black lagoon boo number nine cat people number eight evil dead 2 number seven the amityville horror number six psycho number five the evil dead the original Number four, The Shining. Number three, It Follows. Number two, Evil Dead, the remake. And number one, Lake Mungo.
1: Wow, we were really similar there.
0: Yeah, we had four in common, I think. We both had, what, Cat People at number nine. Yeah. uh, uh, Psycho at six. uh, And then Evil Dead, the original at five, and Lake Mungo at one. I think those are the ones we had in common. Mm Hmm. So
1: pretty similar Um,
0: yeah so i guess we could talk about the ones we have in common first Mm -hmm. i think this is another this is another list where they're a lot closer together than they were last time Mm -hmm. like like going down even to number nine on my list cat people i still think cat people is is a decently scary movie for the time Totally. Like, it even oh, yeah. has like some pretty revolutionary scares like the famous Luton bus where mm-hmm. uh we're expecting the the cat to come in and kill Alice from one side of the screen and instead we hear this loud hiss and the the bus comes in from the other side of the frame. Um that's like one of the first jump scares. It's like a famous thing. Um, the cat uh, cat version of Irena threatening alice in the underground swimming pool is another sequence that i think is really mm-hmm. kind of uh suspenseful and and creepy and i don't know it's great
1: yep but the there's just I think
0: of. yeah there's just stuff in the other movies that was scarier to me
1: okay
0: um I think you had something you wanted to point out about Cat People, not something that's particularly scary necessarily, but something you forgot to say before.
1: Yeah, it's the parallel between, okay, so in Cat People, Arena is kind of like playing with the with the bir- the caged bird. Yeah. And then I, th- I think there's like even a similar shot where you're like looking through the cage at her, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't remember a shot. I don't think there's a shot from inside the cage where they like somehow fit the camera inside the cage. I, I don't think. I could be well, wrong.
1: There was something similar about it. I don't remember what exactly.
0: Just like the precisely way precisely it
1: was. Yeah, there's some. There's. I'll have to watch both of them, and I'm sure I could figure it out. Like what I'm thinking of, but it's a lot like the scene in Batman returns um, where with michelle catwoman. pfeiffer catwoman is like playing with the penguins bird in the cage and i it's definitely like a direct reference to that yeah and since i have loved batman returns my whole life especially catwoman like seeing the original content where that like you know inspired it was like super thrilling for me i was like oh my god you know? I think
0: I I think that's another like weird opinion that we actually agree on um, what because I think Batman Returns is my favorite Batman movie of any of it's them.
1: the best Batman movie
0: ever. well I think very few people outside of this Skype call would agree with that
1: <laughs> well they're not invited so yeah this is our the first call. The
0: first Tim Burton one is good, but I don't think it's as good as the second it's one. The not, second one is just is just nuts.
1: I've only seen the first one a couple times because it's just not it's like okay. But Batman Returns is perfect.
0: Yeah, I don't And this kind of connects to my defense of Spider Man 3. Okay. Uh, but I don't know why people whenever there's a superhero movie that has like a bunch of villains in it, they, they always complain, Oh, they tried to cram in too many villains and it, they couldn't give them all enough screen time. And that's why it sucks. And I feel like, you know, these are comic book movies. They're supposed to be silly. They're supposed to be over the top and, Mm -hmm. you know, just one crazy thing after another. And so it's fine if, if, you know, we don't end up feeling some deep pathos for the villain because we didn't get you know 40 minutes of screen time of it. it's like who cares uh have the movie be fun first off and yeah. i think that's what batman returns is it's just like tons of fun it's so it's got burton's fingerprints all over it you know it's like completely in his style
1: Mhm, which is so, wonderful
0: yeah but i guess that's just one more example of how like modern filmmakers are still looking to these older films totally Um, you know like tim burton's whole style is kind of based on these early horror films black and white and uh even silent horror films
1: and i love that yeah i think that that's Um, wonderful
0: so let's see one where we disagreed i actually put the amityville horror at number seven on scariest
1: okay
0: um, i don't think it's a a good movie but i actually do think it has some pretty scary stuff in it um we talked about on when we did the episode the part where the little girl gets trapped in the closet and she's like hammering on the door and can't get out uh okay. and the yeah. other girl is just like sitting on the other side and she's like stuck in the closet with god knows what demon or ghost or whatever is in in the house um I thought that was like a really scary sequence like overall what does it contribute to the plot nothing like that character just disappears from the movie afterward but still as its own sequence I, I feel like there are other things in the movie that are that are definitely creepy um, and maybe it's it's part I think it's partly just me that um, I'm somebody who is scared by ghosts and haunted house type things Mm -hmm. more so than by cat people or uh creatures from black lagoons you know like that those kind of just monster things where the the threat is just that it'll claw you uh Mm -hmm. doesn't that doesn't bother me as much um so that's why it managed to get in above those other ones
1: Yeah, it's kind of complicated for me because obviously I'm more scared of ghosts than claw things also, but there's just, like, personal reasons why. Like, because I know the backstory so well to Amityville, I know how stupid this all is. You know what I mean? Like, there's other Mm. factors at play. Like... I see. The reason why I think Creature from the Black Lagoon is scary is just because I'm afraid of water. Like, I'm afraid of things in the water. Yeah, definitely. that you know, makes that higher on my list. And that pool scene in Cat People is genuinely really scary to me. Um, So, you know, it's just kind of a personal thing for me.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And I guess uh, our number one picks kind of bear that out, too. We both put Lake Mungo. Mm-hmm. Um, And yet I think this is one of those, you know, it's one of the great divides among horror movie likers uh there you you will see for any movie that is a ghost type movie like this you will if you go on to like amazon and you look at the customer reviews you will see tons of one star reviews people saying it's not scary nothing scary happens in the whole movie and you know for even for classic movies like uh blair witch project or the ring or something like that that's that are like d- genuinely really scary movies you will you'll will find tons of people saying this because i think there is just like a a demographic of people that are just immune to being scared by any kind of ghost or you know uh supernatural type being like that um unless it takes on a physical form and and there's gore and stuff um
1: okay if the
0: whole movie is just oh, I saw something in the mirror. Oh, you know, this photograph has a blurry image of somebody or something. They're just sitting there just falling asleep. Um, Whereas to me, you know, I'm like never falling asleep again because (laughs) it's so scary.
1: (laughs) It's so much more realistic. And, you know, it's like when things are a little more subtle and a little more realistic, they're that much more scary.
0: Well, I don't don't agree with that. I, I don't think it's more realistic to have imaginary supernatural things than to have something that's real.
1: I I don't mean that. I mean, like, um in terms of ghost movies, like, if you see the ghost and it's just, like, this translucent person wearing creepy-looking clothes and looks all dead and stuff, it's like, okay, but if it's just, like, subtle hints of something it's the thing where it's you know if you don't see it it's more scary
0: so it's more like relatable like yeah. it's, you can imagine that happening to you exactly more so there's nothing yeah.
1: so hokey looking that you're like um it feels like this is what it would be like in real life if you were having a supernatural experience
0: yeah and of course with Lake Mungo, the entire presentation of the film is built around that. It's a mm-hmm. faux documentary. Right. So it does feel very real. It feels like this is something that happened. Mm hmm. Um and uh yeah, it just it, it creeped me out, man. Uh and then number two I put Evil Dead, where was the Evil Dead remake for you?
1: Mm three.
0: Okay, so you both put put that up really high. Um that is one that has a lot of gore and you know, some jump scares and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it was just so well done. Uh and some of the images I think are just uh stick in your mind. Uh oh, God. one involving a tongue in particular. Oh, see, I was just thinking uh, that too. I'm like, oh, yeah. No. But I don't oh. know, just that uh mia in the sticking her head up out of the the uh, fruit cellar is just mm. such a creepy image they did, s- they did such a good job with her makeup and everything mm-hmm. uh and her voice that it's just like uh very unsettling to just look at her so yeah and then i don't know the the f- the evil being that possesses mia at the beginning when she's kind of being haunted by that as she runs through the forest that sequence is really scary to me
1: yeah there's a lot of really scary sequences in that movie like a lot yeah like all of it (laughs) yeah uh the only reason the shining made it higher is because it's another personal thing i saw it it as one of the first horror movies i've ever seen Mm -hmm. So I was pretty young when I saw that, so it, like, got its claws in there real deep from a young age and traumatized me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm still, those those fears are still carried over into adulthood. So that's why. Yeah. Like, if I was Um... allowed to put something on here like the Brave Little Toaster, that would skyrocket (laughs) to the top, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think even now, I, I would I would be hesitant to watch that.
1: <laughs> I'm not watching that. No one could pay me enough money to watch that movie.
0: But, uh, yeah, the, the Shining was pretty high on my list, too. It was at, up at number four. Uh, and I think for a similar reason, uh, yeah, I saw that one when I was pretty young. I, I think it was definitely my birthday. Happy uh, birthday. Yeah, maybe I was 10 or 12 or 13 or something and uh watched it late at night and i remember it being frustrating because i had to keep the volume down so as not to wake up my parents so mm-hmm. but it's one of those movies that has like a really wide dynamic range so you have to turn the volume back up during the conversation scenes in order to hear the dialogue but then you have to like uh turn it down once it gets loud yeah. again um so i had that so it was kind of an annoying experience but also you know, there's definitely images in that film that, that stay with you. Um, and I guess for me, we talked about this when we did the episode, but the scariest thing about The Shining, it's kind of similar to It Follows, which just barely beat it at number three on my list. Both of those are movies that to me are scarier when when you think about them afterward. Like the idea of something pursuing you and just walking after you at all times and it can look like anyone and you just never know where it is like that that's a terrifying idea to just think about same thing with the shining to me being in a hotel that's potentially haunted all by yourself and there's just a bazillion rooms and you know as you're going down the hallway in your little tricycle you kind of stop because there's one room that the door is creaked open a little bit and it's like okay that's that's just a really scary idea right um that's a bone chilling idea and then there's certain uh uh sequences in it like uh speaking of the little tricycle when when danny is riding around and he suddenly turns the corner and he sees the twins Mm -hmm. um and we have that just like cutting between his face with his putting his hands up in front of his face and we cut back to see the twins, but then it cuts between them and their corpses, uh, kind of just scattered around the room with blood all over. Um, and, uh, that, that whole sequence is like, so memorable and, uh, disturbing.
1: Yeah. I think it really, it
0: speaks to like, and this is, I guess this is a good lesson to any, would-be filmmakers out there people respond so much more to seeing how other people respond to Hmm. something and i think this is a big part of the reason why certain why movies comedies are a lot funnier when you see it in a packed house and horror movies are scarier when you see it in a packed house so if you get a chance to see a you know really scary movie in a theater with a bunch of people and there isn't a pandemic going on that's going to kill us all um mm-hmm. you should do it because it, you'll you'll have a very different reaction when you're also experiencing other people's reaction to what they're seeing it's like it feeds on itself um and it's like that even with the characters in the film if we see how they're reacting to something we just instinctually mimic that response and um i don't know I, I, it makes me think of uh, the movie fight club uh, in the behind the scenes of Fight Club on the, on the DVD, they talk about getting the R rating and the MPAA said it's too violent. Uh, you know, And they pointed to specific scenes that they said were too violent that they had to cut down in order to get an R instead of NC-17. And so what David Fincher did was in like one scene, uh, it was, you know, it's a fight club, they're fighting each other these two guys are just punching each other and there's a ring of guys around them and so in the sequence uh we're cutting between you know uh shots of these guys getting punched in the face and shots of the audience members reacting and it's a fight where edward norton's character just goes way too hard on the other guy because he's taking out his anger Mm. about what's going on and he just keeps beating him after he's down and we cut to the guys in the audience who have been cheering and they sort of stop cheering and they're just like oh you know like they're we see that they're uh, upset by the level of violence and so David Fincher went in he kept in every shot of actually Edward Norton punching the guy and he just cut out some of the reaction shots of the guys looking at it and sent it back and they said okay now you can have the R so the, you know, the censors watching the scene felt like it was a less violent scene, even though it was exactly equally as violent, because yeah. they just unconsciously were, pe- you know, feeding off of the reactions of the characters in the scene. That's what makes the scene feel disturbing, is seeing how other people are disturbed. Um, and similarly, in a horror film, I think it's so important to get an actor who can, uh just show on their face fear and terror and and all that um and and show it you know and that's what that sequence does in the shining i think really well it's like we're we're totally there with Danny and and he is experiencing just abject terror and and so are we
1: yeah that's really interesting i've never thought about it before
0: okay so let's go on to the final list uh, mm-hmm. which only i have right unfortunately um which is greatest to least so uh these are the ones that i feel not not the best necessarily or my favorite but uh i'm ordering them in terms of their historical importance and their importance as as works of art okay um, so uh so let's go Uh, Number 10, (laughs) Evil Dead, the remake. Number 9, the Amityville Horror. Number 8, Lake Mungo. Number 7, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Number 6, It Follows. Number 5, Cat People. Number 4, Evil Dead 2. Number 3, The Evil Dead, the original. Number 2, The Shining. And number 1, of course, Psycho.
1: Okay so, so what
0: do you what do you think of that?
1: Um, I still think your list is weird um but you know that's your snobby way of doing that um,
0: mm. What do you think is s- snobby, just like the concept of the list,
1: yeah. Well, but I don't.
0: I I don't see
1: you kind of are, a horror movie snob. Yeah. So. Well, I
0: I I don't. You're a snob. Okay. You I mean you could say that word over and over. <laughs> but. I don't think that it's the case that there isn't a distinction between, a movie that is. You know, really historically important, and one that's not. Right, like if you're looking at movies from a long time ago, it's very it's very obvious that something like, I don't know, Citizen Kane, is very important to the history of the medium, and, okay, uh, M- Mr. Dinkers Goes to Town, is is not. Is right? that a, a movie that no?
1: Is that a real name of a movie?
0: No, I just made that up. But oh. that, that that could exist from the same year, right? Like there are tons of movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That existed in that time period that are just lost because nobody cared about them or they do exist, but they haven't been released on other formats because no one cares because it was a bad movie or it maybe it wasn't a bad movie. It was like fine or even pretty good, but for whatever reason it didn't strike people as that interesting to, to go back to. And so after the year that it came out, it sort of faded from the collective consciousness and uh so that's what this list is about it's just um which ones I think if you're wanting to uh you know get uh some education about the history of horror films uh which ones should you watch you know like what what's the most important ones to see and the least ones and unfortunately Evil Dead the remake which was my, well, it wasn't that far up on favorites. It was number seven on favorites, but it was number two on scariest. Uh, for me, it ends up as at the bottom of the list, uh, just because-
1: Well, it's a remake.
0: Yeah, it's a remake.
1: So, uh, it, if if anything, it's an example of, Uh, kind of taking your advice you know like it it took from the original um content and learned and made their own thing so
0: yeah but what they made didn't end up being something that i think a lot of people are looking to as like an inspiration uh whereas there are there have been horror remakes that have been like the fly that we covered in our first 10 episodes true that was a remake of a movie from the 50s and that has like eclipsed the original and and become very influential on its own that is true i don't think that's happened with evil dead it just i don't know like we talked about i think it's really underrated so maybe eventually it'll become known as one of the better horror movies from the the 2010s Uh, you never know I i would like that uh but yeah so far i don't think it's really had that much of an impact um and I, I, it's not like it was doing something super original you know like there weren't other really gory horror films from the time period like no that you know that those kinds of movies had already existed mm-hmm. um it wasn't like pushing envelopes that nobody had ever done before um so it ended up even behind the amityville horror which came in at number nine uh because amityville horror as much as it's not a great film, it spawned this big franchise, right? Like yeah. there's there were sequels, there's a remake. It's something that it's one of the horror films from the '70s that like most people have probably heard of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 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 there. Um, yeah. And then uh, Lake Mungo came in at number eight. Again, film that I love and a film that it made it as far as it did because it is really original it is doing something totally new and people should be taking inspiration from it but i just haven't seen it happen yet i haven't seen other horror mockumentaries like that uh and it remains a fairly obscure film that's only watched by horror goons like me uh so that's unfortunate then seven creature from the black lagoon uh is i would say definitely definitely an influential film i think you can see its influence on a film like jaws we talked about that in the episode yeah um but i feel like among the universal horror movies it's probably like you know one of the lesser ones in terms of the the amount of influence it's had on later films because it comes so late in the '50s, it kind of feels like it's hanging on to a style of horror film that it most people are moving on from. Like if you look at movies that came out more around that time, it's like them. You have like much more sophisticated special effects, giant monsters. Uh, I don't know. Like this one guy in a suit, kind of lumbering around, kind of thing is would fit better in the thirties and forties, I feel like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Then it follows kind of has a similar problem with like Mungo where I feel like, I don't know how influential it's been. It's, I mean, it's hard for a movie that came out recently to, to get really high up on a list like this. Right. Cause we just yeah. don't know yet. Right. But I do think that people will look back on the 2010s and say it follows was one of the best horror films of the decade. Um, then Cat People, number five. I mean, now we're getting into like the ones that are like really high up on my list of greatest horror films of all time. Because So it just happened that we have five movies out of our 10 that are really high up on my list. Um, so Cat People, uh, I would say, I mean, it was the first of the Val Lewton horror movies of the 40s. Uh, and I think it it was really influential in turning the horror genre, sort of pointing in a new direction for the horror genre, which had become and was going to continue to get uh, with Universal campier and sillier. And people weren't taking Dracula and the Frankenstein monster seriously as scary things anymore. By the end of the 40s, they would be Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, Abbott and Costello meet the mummy, etc. Um, they would become sort of figures of fun and figures of 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 comedy and ridicule and cat people kind of showed how you could do a horror movie that was more serious and dramatic and uh had a a a darker atmosphere and tone and uh and had sort of like a deeper engagement with its its themes and stuff so so yeah so that's number five evil dead two at number four the one of the greatest comedy horror films of all time uh it's probably the most influential of the evil dead films although the evil dead beat it at number three because it's the first one and i love it and i'm i'm cheating by putting it ahead of evil dead 2 but i whatever (laughs) and then uh number two the shining uh you know what can you say about the influence of kubrick and the shining and then number one psycho which is I think yeah. the most influential horror film of all time.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, I think it's a good list. I well, you. co-sign your list. How about that?
0: Okay. <laughs> so, I guess that's about it for this episode of Cinematicon X Mortis. Uh you can find us on Twitter at Cinematicon Pod
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh wherever you listen to Did I get that right? Yep. And wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us there. You can uh, rate and comment and subscribe and whatever uh, there is to do. Do you um, mean review? Review and. Yeah, uh, review
1: us. Please don't make.
0: Collate. Comments. Comments and, comment and <laughs> uh, react and, and poke us and you know, whatever other <laughs> verbs. Please don't
1: poke <laughs> there us.
0: There are. Um, and, uh, uh, in particular, we would like to hear from you, yes, you, Alex, uh, <laughs> we want to know, uh, what you want us to review, so we're, you know, coming up with our next 10 films, and, uh, there'll be a surprise, but, uh, you know, if you want to tell us what movie you'd like to hear about, uh, then we would like to... To hear that,
1: <laughs> you sound like you learned English five minutes ago by watching television. Anyway, good job though. Well done. Okay,
0: thank, thank you. You're that doesn't sound uh, very genuine, but I will, <laughs> I will accept it anyway.
1: <laughs>
0: um, so, until next time. Uh-huh. Bye.
1: Bye.